Welcome to episode 12, titled Your Empowered Self. In today's episode, we will go deep into the awareness of identity work. I will help you create awareness around your own identity. This is heavy work. I will ask questions like, who is the identity of the person who easily and effortlessly manifests their goal? This may not be easy, but this process is vital in order to get clear on who we are. This episode will help you create a deeper level of awareness that maybe you haven't even thought of. Today's episode will be about 25 minutes, so sit back and grab your journal and take notes. Or, if you can't, just listen attentively and take mental notes. This process is step two in the introduction of the manifestation process, the empowered self. Once you have a clear goal, you know you have a roadmap and you know which direction you're going. And so the next step is getting clear on the identity. Who is this identity of the person who freely and readily manifests this goal? Who is this person already living it? Whether it is the relationship or partnership you want, it's the level of health you're seeking, or it's that home you're living in. Who is this person? Or if it's that entrepreneur that's living inside you that wants to run a business, or that globetrotter that wants to see the world and travel, who is that person that does that? So the story that most people tell themselves is that they have to push and force things to happen to make to accomplish goals and achieve what they want in reality the truth is when you really become and embody a state of being that person who already has it already living it and the change shifts through your subconscious there are electromagnetic signals that are sent off from the brain and your heart have completely different energetic codes and that energetic code shifts and changes the world around you. So, for example, you can ask yourself, am I truly embodying this person who is happy? Do I really want to eat healthier? Or is that something I just want to do because everybody else is eating a keto diet? If you're someone who is not satisfied at their current job, do you truly want to make a change or do you want to stay stagnant? Who is this person? I will give you an example of a person trying to go to the gym as their goal. So their goal is to go, let's say, three times a week in the morning. And let's say this person buys the membership, buys the new cute outfits, new shoes, and even takes selfies at home with the new workout clothes on. But for whatever reason, they still can't get to the actual gym at the said time. But why? Because the real change starts in our minds. It starts within us. The pattern needs to change so that we can show up to be that person who goes to the gym three to four times a week and does it automatically. You also have to ask yourself, you know, what is success to me? 
not what success looks like from my parents' lens or from my boss's perspective or even my friends. What does success look like for you? Think about it a little bit. Journal some ideas and decide what feels right, what feels good to you when you have seen this written down. What do you feel most connected to? Because honestly, success is not a one-size-fits-all type of situation. Do you want to travel two to three times a year? Do you want to donate to your favorite charity every month or every year? Do you want to have your own family and stay home and raise your kids? Do you want to have a business so you can serve others on your own time? Do you want to be an author? I mean, the list can go on. So when you have the identity, when you have done the identity work techniques, you then will have reprogrammed yourself and now you are able to change your perspective on how you see the world. So I'll read you a short quote from T. Hark Ecker, and it goes like this. The world around us is a printout and what's happening inside our mind is like the Word document. So essentially, you want to edit that Word document that is in your mind. Ecker was the person that came up with the logical levels of change. So there are seven levels and the number one is purpose and goal, which is what, what do you want, our desires, our plan and aspirations. Number two is identity, who we are, how we see ourselves, how I operate in this world. Number three is values. What is important to me? Number four, what do we believe about the world we live in? What opportunities are out there for me? Number five, potential. What are my talents, abilities? What do we think of our potential? What do we think is possible for us in this life? Number six, behavior. How do we actually act? How do we act with our family and with friends? Number seven, environment or results. What is our environment? And is it serving us? Is it supportive? So going back to the gym example, you lay out all your clothes so that you can go to the gym in the morning. But because this person is trying to change their behavior or habits, it's such a low level of the mind, it's very conscious. And when I say conscious, it's like a superficial level. It's kind of like you're just saying, but you are not really embodying that person that is dedicated going to the gym four times a week. So you're just kind of thinking about it and wanting to go, but having really not, but having not a clear identity of that person that wants to go to the gym. You're just kind of like saying it and doing all the things, but you're not actually really going. And in this example, has this person really have, have they taken the responsibility to commit to this goal? What are the equipment that they might like using at the gym that it's gonna make them keep going there? So this is why people end up going to the gym after New Year's for two weeks. And by the end of January, the gym is half empty again. So the secret to using the subconscious mind is to create change instead of working against your natural way of being. Instead, you should work with your natural way of being. That's why I said in this example to ask, you know, that person to ask themselves, what do they like about the gym or what equipment do they like? What is it 
that keeps them going there. For example, a treadmill, if they like the treadmill, weight machines, leg lifts, equipment. Do they have a pool at the gym? And inevitably, going to the gym will be like a habit ingrained in them. By that time, this person can go after work or almost every day, every morning or in the evenings after work because this is what they really want to do for themselves. This is what makes them feel good. This is what keeps their stress level down. What if we condition our minds to do involuntary work? You know, our bodies can blink automatically or we breathe without telling our bodies to breathe. What if we could do that with our minds? After finding out your purpose and goal, you have a clear roadmap of where you want to go. And then you can ask yourself, who is this version or adaptation of myself that easily and effortlessly achieves this goal? Ask yourself, who is this version of myself that I want to bring up to the surface? Because you know deep down you already that you're already this person but haven't had the chance to nurture this version that you want to grow and let flourish. And the common mantra, fake it till you make it, is not gonna serve you as well because it's not coming from within. It's coming from the conscious mind, low level mind. So we're still fighting against ourselves when we say fake it till you make it. This idea applies to using willpower as your main source of energy, and it's going against your natural way of being. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we act the way we do? This is because of the information we received as young and growing minds as children. It's the messaging, the conditioning of others in implicit and explicit ways. It's other people's expectations, ideals, and standards. Memories, instincts, and ways of being have been stored in the DNA and passed down to at least 14 generations through epigenomes. And if you want to learn more about epigenomes, I will link an article in the show notes for you. So for example, if you admire someone who is bubbly and makes friends a lot and is able to meet all types of people and make great connections, and is always offered great opportunities and you see this in this you see this in them it's because it's actually a part of you another example is if you feel jealous because someone got that job you wanted or promotion you wanted or that person quit their nine to five and started their own online business of selling products and let's say you want to do the same thing You feel this way because you want it too, right? You desire this promotion or this entrepreneurial venture and create more freedom in your lifestyle. So that's pretty much what jealousy is. Jealousy is something that you want that someone else has or is doing because you want it for yourself. It's something you see in someone else because you want that too. So inner work is heavy work. So... Just be gentle with yourself as you continue to listen and take notes if you want. But I just want to let you know that this may take some time. You have to think about what you really want. So if you see success, joy, and a meaningful relationship in other people, it's because you want that too. 
And that's great. You shouldn't feel bad about what you want. It's actually a good thing because you know that you were meant for that thing and you know you were meant for more. Now, take some time and ask yourself, who am I? Think about this without labels and categories. I will give you a personal example, for instance, my own experience. So I grew up as from four to maybe 18. I was very angry, quite reserved, shy, um, sensitive. I was told that I had attitude and that I was that I needed to change my attitude. I was told this all the time. Felicia, you need to change your attitude. Blah, blah, blah. You need to change your attitude. Because I never received good reason to do so. So it was something that other people wanted me to do, but they didn't really give me a legitimate reason. You know, they just saw that I was angry or that I was being like impulsive and angered and I would like talk back. But I never really got like an explanation of why. So even though I, w I was angry because I had lost my mom when I was four and she died within my my birthday month. August is a really strange month for me. With that being said, I had to suppress my feelings and to be quiet and not share what I really thought. If I showed how I really felt, it wasn't like appropriate for my family or they didn't know how to deal this type of behavior. So they wanted me to behave, be appropriate, whatever. As an adult, I later realized I was angry and I had every right to feel this way and to display my emotions the way I did. I had many needs that weren't, weren't met. So when my mom passed in 1990, we moved to a new city and by, the, by that time she was already in the hospital. So I did cry a lot as a child, like a lot, and felt a huge rock on my chest for years, maybe like the first three years after she had passed. So. This is why I was angry and why I was surrounded by people who operated unconsciously. I know there are a lot of us out there who experience this. I know it's just not me. So you can think about what are these, what are the labels that you have been ingrained in that you were bestowed upon? What were the labels that were called on you? These so-called labels or standards and ideals have been suppressing our true power and our potential. You are so capable of so much more and deserve so much more. Once you are able to bring this into your awareness, knowing this will put you at a greater level of mindfulness and understanding. When you have taken the time to do the inner work, you will develop a high sense of knowledge, perception, and awareness within you. This type of inner work is heavy. It's not easy. You may release emotions while even asking these questions. But remember, just asking yourself these powerful questions we discussed is a lot, even without doing the actual techniques that I will discuss later in this series. But once you have done the inner work, you are leaving an old paradigm, an old version of yourself, and you are stepping into a new level of yourself. This can absolutely be scary, because it's a new place you haven't been exposed to. No one has even asked you what you wanted or who are you, right? Or you never even thought of to ask these questions of yourself. Once you have changed your identity into a new one, 
it will have an outflow effect onto your values, your belief system, and possibly your environment. Who you choose to surround yourself with and ultimately the results you have to achieve or the results that you want to achieve. Take some time and truly think about your identity. Your identity as a friend, as a sibling, a parent, a team member, or a leader. Who is this adaptation of yourself that freely and easily manifests this goal? It's the qualities of that identity that you choose for yourself today. So grab a journal, start writing freely, and let your imagination run high. Dream big. Give yourself the liberty the liberty to let go and imagine who you really want to be. What are those qualities of your empowered self? Are you spontaneous, creative, generous? Are you a great listener, a great friend? What are the things you aspire to be but didn't allow yourself? Or what were things you admired about others that you didn't think you can have or achieve? Do you want success for others as much as you want it for yourself? Do you have a purpose to help and serve others? Do you believe that there is abundance for everyone? Do you look within yourself for acceptance rather than external validation? Examples of inner validation would be like inner peace, a sense of calmness. External validation would be like getting good grades, receiving compliments, or buying or receiving possessions. Do you think you're worthy of the very thing that you want in this life? Do you feel good when you help others? Or does it feel like an obligation that you need something in return? Do you work and create from a place of love and abundance? Take some time to really think about this. Get clear on these qualities and traits. Next, ask yourself what your personality traits are. Are you kind? Are you outspoken? Are you soft-spoken? Are you creative, intelligent? Are you an extrovert, an introvert? Are you conscientious? Are you open-minded? Think about the personality traits that is true for you. What do you truly believe about yourself? What do you believe about who you are? What are you capable of? What do you do in this world? What is possible for you? Next, what do you believe about the world you live in? For example, I'll give you my example. I used to believe that I was trapped in this world, that the God or the universe didn't give me the support that I didn't get good guidance from my guardians. As soon as I learned that I had to take things into my own hands and really shifted my thinking, I was about, it, it was a three year period between 29 and 32 years old. I did some healing and I was trying to figure out what I wanted from life. And instead of thinking the same way that I used to think about it and attracting the same kind of people into my life, I really had to like be alone in a good way, like be in my own solitude for a while. I really did some inner work during that time. 
And I, I already knew, I knew I had, I knew I didn't want to continue down this path. I knew something had to change. So I was single for three years and it really helped me get clarity and perspective. Um, I also had to do some, some healing and therapy from past relational trauma from my mom's death. That was the relational trauma. And at that time too, I was trying to get out of this scarcity mindset. At some point I knew I was meant for more and that I was strong and I was capable. I knew at some point that I knew I was going to be a mom someday. Even though at that time I was 30 and single, I just knew in my heart that I don't know how it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen in my life. I knew that I deserved good and trustworthy people around me because I am good and trustworthy too. So there were like, there was two things. I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to surround myself with people that truly supported me. And so I'll give you an example. If you're looking for a partner, the way to change the mind is to instead tell yourself that there is so many people, abundance of people looking for what you're looking for too. If you're into business and switching, you're thinking that there is an abundance of people that you that want your products, services, and are just waiting for you to show up. What beliefs would benefit you the most as you are living your best life? Let's say you're an introvert and a really good listener. So you would say something like, the world I live in, people value that I can listen attentively and hold space for them when they are sharing their personal stories. Let's say you're trying to stay healthy and work on your nutrition. You might say that you believe that fruits and vegetables are superior for your health and well-being and that they're delicious. Let's say you want a better job. So you would ask yourself, am I capable of practicing my interview skills and improving my resume and putting my resume out there and believe I will attract potential employees for interviews? Next, ask yourself, how do you feel? Our emotions will create an impulse that we send out to the universe or ether. What impulse or vibration do you carry in your body? How do you feel most of the time? How do people feel around you? Quote from Sandy Gallagher, she says, if you met you, would you like you? That's a very powerful quote. Are we being the best person you wanna be around? Are you being the person you want to be around? We ultimately want to design our world we want to exist in, right? So think about how you spend your time. How do you value your time? How are you spending with that time? When I have free time, I love to spend it with my family and catch up with my friends. Another example, before I had my son, I taught myself how to make cold press soaps, bar soaps. So something creative is what I like to do. Now, it's your turn. Now take some time to really think about this. Who is the identity of you who is living your best life? Who do you see there? And what do you hear? What do you feel when you see this person living your best life? Design a strong and powerful strategy. This strategy will help you decide what you want to instill, as well as what you want to take out. 
take some time to really think about all that I discussed. I know it's a lot. Give yourself some grace and kindness and really think about who is the best version of you. This can be hard and difficult process and it's okay. I know you can do it. Take some time and really think about who you are. Thank you for listening to this week's episode about the empowered self. This was step two in the introduction of the manifestation process. I hope it got you thinking about how you identify with yourself. I would say this is the most crucial process in the five steps. It can be a lot of inner work, but I hope that it helps to jumpstart the creative process and awareness around identity work. Join me next week as I discuss step three, essential skills, which will discuss our capabilities toward reaching our goals. In addition, this portion of the episode was adapted from the Yes Supply Method. If you want to go deeper and discover these mindset tools and techniques for yourself, I will have an affiliate link in the show notes for you to check out. If you would like to be a coach or just to learn these tools and techniques for yourself, as always, if you gain value from this episode, please share it with others.